Thank you, Kenny. Can we give Kenny a round of applause? How are we doing tonight, man? Yeah? Everyone raise your hands. Let's see if you have all your fingers still. Yeah? Okay, and a couple of you lost them. Good. <laughs> all nine of them. Yep, rocking still. Good. Uh, I just want to start off tonight that tonight is probably the favorite message to give in our story of faith. As we've talked about, our story of faith starts with creation and the creator. And this morning we talked about the reality of sin entering in and disrupting relationship with the creator as we were intended. And he brings law to bring a plan and a system to function under Yahweh's reign and rule in his kingdom. And tonight we start part three of what is from creation to fall to redemption. And it's a beautiful story of what we've just sung these last three songs. The story of our redemption, the story of hope. And as we start, I just want to say, it's been so awesome. I just want to commend you men and sons of how you've leaned into each other. It's so fun to watch you having conversations and hearing that you're praying with your boys. And for some of you, that was the first time doing that. And I just want to say, well done. And some of you reading scripture for the first time and saying, we memorized it. And we woke up this morning and we read it together. And, you know, there's the reality of sometimes you read something and you don't fully understand everything, but it's the discipline of just learning to spend time with God, learning to understand what he's talking about. And so I want to say well done to you. Men, you have what it takes to be wonderful dads. You have what it takes to lead your sons in a way maybe that you never were led before. Or maybe the continuation of what's happened generation after generation in your family. But you have what it takes. And young men and sons watching your dads, you have what it takes to be the next generation of men who love and follow Jesus, who become those image bearers to the world around you that express and demonstrate the kingdom. And so well done whittling and belly flopping and shooting guns and throwing axes, but in the midst of that, looking at dad and taking in notes and leaning in and pressing in. You sat through messages and worship and Lots of words being sung, and some of them going, what are we doing? But you're leaning in, and so well done. And I'd ask in these next few minutes that you would lean in as close as you can to one of the most beautiful parts of the story of faith. This story hit me when I was a senior in high school. I grew up in that Christian home, but like I said, addiction got a hold of dad. Parents separated when I was about six. Mom remarried when I was about 10, and stepdad, any stepdads in the house, by the way? Stepdad, show of hands? Yeah. My stepdad was awesome. Such an influential man. He's, he's father to me. And so stepdad's way to go, leaning in and loving sons well. But I had heard the gospel. This word, this gospel, means good news. Everybody say good news. And I had heard it when I was a kid, and I had come forward at a, a church service, and I raised my hand, and there was this guy named Skippy, and he was a sock puppet that came out of a can of Skippy's peanut butter. The church is so creative sometimes. And he's talking about Jesus, and all I remember is being a kid and going, I want to go meet Skippy. And I ran forward, and my mom tried to grab me, and she's like, you already know Jesus. And I'm like, I don't care. I got to be with Skippy. And I came forward, and I prayed some prayer, and that was my journey into starting faith. 
But in retrospect, when I became this professional musician, like I sh shared with you this morning, I got three major record contracts by the time I was 18. I was in LA and I was meeting famous people and I was making money and I was recording in studios and I was preparing to go on tour and I thought that was gonna be my life. And fame and popularity and girls and success, that all became my focus. And God was so unimportant to me. He took the back burner. And it wasn't until my senior year of high school where I broke down one day in the shower by myself. And I was so tired of the life that I had been living and the way that I was trying to fill this emptiness that I had in my life that I just broke down. I had become so good at sin. I had been so good at hiding sin. I had become so good at masking I knew all the verses in scripture. I knew about Jesus and I could praise him with one hand at church and then Sunday afternoon to Sunday morning, that time, that span between there, my life looked nothing like him. I was a fan of Jesus, but I wasn't a follower of Jesus. I knew all the right things to do and say, but I didn't know him. In my senior year of high school, I break down in the shower one day just going, I'm so exhausted and I'm only 18. I am so tired of the life that I've been living, the, the will that you gave me, God, that I can go and do my own thing. I've messed it all up, and I'm so tired. And in that moment, I broke down in the shower, and I got on my knees as a young man, and I just said, if you'll have me, I'm yours forever. No music, no fireplace, no Hume Lake, no speaker, just me literally naked before God. Sorry for that visual. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty good visual if I want to be honest, but it's fine. Not to brag, okay. Me naked before God, bearing my soul to him and just saying, if you have me, I'll be yours. I'll give you the rest of my life as you shared being obedient to the Father. Whatever you say, God, Whatever the next step is from here, outside of putting on a towel and drying off, I'm yours. Here we go. And it's been an adventure. And it's been learning this good news that, again, as a fan I knew, but as a follower, I cling to in the story of faith. And I'd love to take a, just a few minutes to share that good news with you. For some of you here tonight, dads and sons alike, you are incredible fans of Jesus. You go to church every Sunday, you read scripture, you're involved in a small group, you've brought your son to camp, but you don't know him yet. For some of you sons here tonight, dad tagged you along, he brings you to church, mom makes you go to Sunday school, you go to youth group, but, and you know the things about him, but you don't know him yet. And I would say, you're not alone. But my hope and my aim tonight is that you would not just know him or know about him, but that you would come to know him. That he's creator, Yahweh, that he wants relationship with you. That sin separates us from relationship, and yet God brings rescue. As we picked up from this morning, sin enters the scene and God gives law. And he gives ten commandments. And those Ten Commandments instruct 
these people of God, Israel, of how to live, which inform us today. But the thing about law is that law is impossible to live and obtain perfectly. And as law goes on, it moves from 10 to 613 commandments by the time Jesus hits the scene in the New Testament. 610 commandments that if you violate, you violated God's law. And it's punishable by death. And that death comes in the form of sacrificing animals, as we talked about this morning briefly. But 613 law. And it's so unattainable that God's plan A becomes to send his one and only begotten son to give as a sacrifice, no more sacrificing animals, a once and for all sacrifice. And that sacrifice's name is Jesus. We read Genesis briefly on last night, and there's a different type of Genesis in the book of John. And it goes like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made. In him was life, and life was in the light of men, and this light should in the dark, shined in the darkness, and the darkness had not understood it. And eventually says this Word becomes flesh. This Word that began... From the beginning, just like God in the beginning of creation is now coming and becoming flesh. God's one and only begotten son, God in flesh, comes and dwells among his creation to provide rescue and a once and for all sacrifice. And as God becomes flesh and dwells among his people, he starts inviting people to follow him into the kingdom living and he starts talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And he invites men to say, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. See how I live out the kingdom of God. You've heard it said, thou shall not murder. But I say that if you've hated in your heart, you're guilty of sin. Oh. You've heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, if you've looked at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery. Oh. And in one fell swoop, as he says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, he lets people know that law is so unattainable that they need rescue. And they're crying out for help. We need a Messiah. We need somebody to save us. We need somebody to come and make things right. And as Jesus invites these men to walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, he lives a perfect life. He fulfills God's law to the T. He shows them that what was unthinkable and unattainable is what he uniquely could do to fulfill law, to become a once and for all sacrifice, to give of himself so that sin could be paid for forever. And in John's gospel, we see Jesus gets into a conversation with a guy named Nicodemus. Everybody say Nicodemus. Nicodemus is a teacher of the law. He's helping people understand Yahweh's design of how to live. And he sits with Jesus and they have this conversation together. And in it, Nicodemus hears the unthinkable from Jesus. He says, no one enters the kingdom unless they're born again. And Nicodemus says, I, 
I'm an old man. How do I become born again? My mom's not even here. I can't go up the womb again. That's weird. And Jesus says, no, no, no. To be born again is born of the Spirit, and the Spirit, it's like the wind, and the wind determines who will become born and who will be new. It's not about what you believe in terms of right thought, right actions, right family that you were born into, perfect attendance to church, how much you gave, how much you sang. None of that matters, Nicodemus. Instead, the sole entrance into the kingdom of God is belief in the Son of God. And whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. We see that sin not only separates for a moment relationally with God, but for eternity in this conversation. Not only will I violate relationship with God for a moment, but for all of eternity, there's a reality that I can be separated from him or the reality that I can be with him forever. And it comes solely through belief in the Son of God, the Word who became flesh and dwelt among us. And he clarifies, he says, God did not come to condemn the world, but to save the world. He loves his creation. He designed you and me to be in relationship with him. So he came to save, and he gives of his son. And if you pause just for a minute, dads, I don't know about you, but I would never give my son for any of you. I just never could give my son up in that way for you. My son called me yesterday, and he got hit by a car riding his bike. And I was like, oh, man, do I have to leave, like, right now? I've been here for five minutes. And in that moment, I thought, oh, my gosh. If I was there in that moment, I would have pushed him out of the way gladly. Any dad relate to that? Would you have pushed your son out of the way gladly? I'll take that car. Baby boy, you got another day. Whatever happens, happens. But God the Father does the unthinkable. He says, son, step in front of the car. Willingly, gladly, freely, so that everyone for all of eternity could have life with me. And God's son says, that sounds good. I don't know about you, dads, but I could never do that. The giving of his son looked like this as John's gospel progresses is that Jesus eventually has followers and he becomes somebody who gains opposition. People don't like what he's saying because as he's clarifying law, he's making sure that everybody knows that they're guilty of sin. And he's inviting them into a new way of living and thinking. And so as a response, one who loves him betrays him. And he's condemned to die a death unjustly. As a common criminal, the God word made flesh who dwelt among his creation, God's one and only begotten son, hangs on a cross like a common thief to be despised and rejected by those he created to be scorned and mocked and beaten beyond recognition, 
to have his beard pulled out, to have his head beaten and crushed with thorns, to be spat upon, to be humiliated, and he willingly stays there to die for you and me to have right relationship with God the Father. An unthinkable act. And he stays and he endures with love in mind, with eternity in mind, with you and me in mind 2,000 years ago. Before the foundations of the world, he thought of you and me in that moment that we would come to know and believe that he is the son of God, that he's the once and for all sacrifice that makes a way that we could have right relationship with God and that we could be with him forever. As Kenny said earlier, that he became sin who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. We become justified. Everybody say justified. And justified just means this. It's just if I never did it. I'm the one who's guilty of sin. I'm the adulterer, the murderer, the liar, the thief, the person who's envious. And yet Jesus says, I got it. The car was coming and I pushed you out of the way. I got it. Lovingly, I lay my life down for you. So that through belief in me, you might have life for eternity. No amount of effort, men, tonight can ever save. No amount of struggling or scripture reading or Bible memorization or times of prayer or times of worship or retreats like this beautiful place will ever save. They are good things, but there's only one thing that saves, and that's belief in the one and only Son. Apart from him, you are condemned, just as I condemned. Oh, but belief in him there is life, and there's life eternal, and there's freedom, and there's hope, and there's rescue, and there's newness. The old becomes new. I don't know if you dads start feeling old, especially as you're running around with your kids, but you start feeling old, but the good news is that you're new. You've been made new in Christ through belief in Christ. And so my challenge to you tonight is simply this. Are you a fan or are you a follower of him? Have you tried in your own effort to gain favor with God? That you have all these right things that are appearance of godliness, but you don't have any substance, and the substance is found in Jesus. Have you heard stories of him and yet never taken him at his word to say, I believe? Paul would write that we were dead in sin, but God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. Question tonight, men and sons, what do dead people contribute? Sorry, nothing? Nothing. Do dead people contribute anything? Not really. What? They're dead. Exactly. It's a dumb question, I know. What do dead people contribute? Nothing. You were dead, but God made you alive in Christ. 
And so the reality tonight is if you're not in Christ and have not placed faith and belief in Christ, you're dead in sin. And the good news is that there's hope and that there's healing and that there's freedom. And it simply is taking a step of belief that Jesus is the son of God, that he is who he says he was, that he is the final sacrifice that covers and pays for sin. And that belief in him, we find life and life eternally. Make sense? Here's what I'm going to ask of you tonight. If you've never taken that step from fan to follower, if you've never taken the step to place your confidence not in your own efforts, but in the finished work of Jesus, not only did he die, but the beautiful part is that he rises, and he rises in victory so that we have life. If you've never trusted him in his death and his burial and in the resurrection, that as he has life, we have life in him. I'm going to ask you tonight to just simply stand. If you're ready to take that step and say, I want to choose belief and I want to choose life, I just want to invite you to stand. Yeah. Good. If you're ready to take a step towards life and belief, would you stand? Yeah, good. Dads, same for you. If you've never taken a step, you're a fan but not a follower. Would you take the step to say, I'm ready to believe in him. I'm ready to walk with him and work with him and watch how he does it. Would you be bold and stand in front of your boy tonight? Good. For those that stood and the dads that are around or the sons that are around, I'm going to invite you, as we have been closing every night, to pray with each other. If you've never known the gift of leading your own son to Christ and praying with them in that way, I want you to have that moment with them. I want you to talk about the story of faith, talk about the goodness of Jesus. If you need help with that, I want to talk with you with that. But beyond that, men, I praise God that you've stepped into life. We celebrate the good news that we've been made alive in Christ. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand, men, tonight. And as we have closed each night, would you pray with your sons? Would you praise that the gospel takes hold in your life tonight? Go ahead and stand. Would you, as you've been worshiping, put your arms around your boy tonight and pray with him? And take a moment to pray that you guys recognize the newness that you have in Christ. And if you haven't taken that step, those that stood, that you would share that gospel with each other and come to belief in him tonight. Do so now.
Lord, we thank you so much tonight for your truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you for a chance to share the good news of a gospel that has been passed from generation to generation. May we be men that learn the gospel, believe it for ourselves, and pass it along so that others might know that there's life in your name. Thanks for what you're doing in these families, in these family trees. Thanks for what you're doing, how your spirit's moving. We pray for more of that. And may we know the freedom that we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen.